Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Welcome. So happy to see you. So excited because Jesus is in our midst and every praise is due our God. And that's why we sang that Hezekiah Walker song. If you've never seen them do that on YouTube, you, it's I dance around my house and just make a fool of myself. And I love being a fool for Jesus. I just love it. You know, sometimes you see things you don't get and don't be like Michael. Remember David's ex-wife? And she made fun of him and mocked him. She mocked the king because he was so excited about the Lord. He just stripped off his clothes and he just danced and made a fool of himself. And she just thought that was disgraceful. So sometimes, you know, religion has taught us to be so sophisticated and so dignified that we're not willing to just lay it all on the altar for Jesus And I'm telling you, every miracle that happened, almost every miracle, is because somebody was willing to do something they hadn't done before or to do something that society said wasn't acceptable or was inappropriate. I'll not have that in my life. I'll do whatever he tells me to do. And Lord, I know you're going to test me on that. And it's okay. I want to remind you that these messages are not only on live stream, but they are also on podcast. And I think the easiest thing to do, well, you can go to Apple Podcast app and and go to Chosen Essay, or you can go to summitessay.com and scroll, go, go to media and scroll all the way down. And I know, I think maybe sometime, Elaine, we can just put that, whatever those things are called, symbol. Rachel, what are those called? Icons, thank you. I had a fun thing happen. A friend of mine sent me, I don't do TikTok or whatever it is, but occasionally people will send me something from TikTok. I don't even really know what that is. I thought it was a sound a clock makes, but apparently it isn't. And so, but it was a, he wasn't really a preacher. I guess he was an actor, but it was so good. And he was very flamboyant and, and, you know, hands up and all this. And he talked about snakes. And he said, snakes ain't got no arms and they ain't got no legs. You know why they ain't got no arms and they ain't got no legs? Because Satan has been disarmed and defeated. (laughs) So, once again, the Lord changed my message. So I'm not even going to tell you what we're doing anymore. Because I just want to be in his path. And you know, he said he would give us every day our daily bread. So, Saturday morning... When I was waking up, I heard the Lord say to me, I'm going to speak to you today, so listen. And he began to speak to me about the indisputable will of God. And he didn't need to prove anything to me. I was already convinced. But what I hope to do today is prove to you, if you're not already convinced, that healing is the indisputable will of God. 
And you might say to me, well, not everybody gets healed. Well, that's true. Not everybody gets saved. Is it the will of God that all should come into salvation? Yeah. I mean, it's as plain as the words on the page. He is not willing that any should perish. But I can tell you one thing. If there is a, an ounce in you that believes that it is God's will for you to be sick and diseased, if there is an ounce in you, you are believing wrongly. I'm going to prove it to you from the word of God today. And what I'm here to do today and what I heard the Lord say to me is to declare war on sickness and disease. It entered with the curse. It took man centuries to get sick enough to die. Because obviously with Adam and Eve, I mean the bloodline, the cup of iniquity wasn't full. And the bloodline wasn't polluted. And so we had Methuselah, the oldest person that ever lived, 900 and something years old. And all the rest of them lived hundreds of years. And then over the years, as things got passed on and as the sin increased and lawlessness increased, more and more and more people began to die younger. Well, thank God for medical science. That's certainly helping people live a long time. But you know, even in the book of Genesis in chapter 6, it says the days of man's life are 120 years. Well, I want to ask you a question. How many of you know anyone that's lived 120 years? Now, I'm told in, in a place called the Blue Zone, they live to be 100 and something. I'm not sure 100 and what, but I know 110, 115. And they attribute it to their stress-free living and their, their diet. And, and I'm sure that has a lot to do with it because you know your health is in your soul, right? I mean, didn't the Apostle John pray that we would prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers? And that's why we spend so much time on our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. And I probably have more testimonies on changed lives through the soul than on anything else. All the time. I mean, I love it where people are just, I've, I've just been radically changed by the word of God because the word has that kind of power. In fact, Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 says that if we attend to his word and we can consent and submit to his sayings, that his word will be life to us and healing and health to all of our flesh. And so the first thing I want to do, I didn't understand until a few minutes ago, which is why I was desperate to find this scripture, is I don't understand what's with the weather today. I mean, I go out dressed like August and it's cold. And so we had the past two winters were just ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. I mean, here we had snowmageddon in 2021, uh, 21, 22, 21, 2021. And then this year, you know, we had frozen. I thought, well, maybe Elsa's real. And she just went. <laughs> and so two years in a row, I mean, my backyard died. You know, because we plant Texas flowers and stuff around here and and I so I went I'm done I'm just tired of looking at this ugly backyard we didn't do anything last year and we enjoy our backyard and previously it's just been absolutely gorgeous but we didn't want to put money into something 
that would happen again because all the prognosticators said that we were going to have snow again in 2022. Why am I so mixed up on the years? I was born in 1953. I got that. That I know. And so this year, I just said, Randy, let's just go ahead and do it. Let's just go ahead and make the yard beautiful again. And so the landscapers are there. And so I was out this morning, and he was showing me all these absolutely gorgeous plants. I mean, it was just, he's just filling everything with these beautiful, all kinds of colors and textures. And that's why I use professional landscapers, because they know how to do that. And so different colors and textures and heights, and oh, it's just beautiful. Can't wait to get home later on and, and see what they've done so far. But I was standing in the back, and I knew that there was symbolism in it. And I said, Lord, I know you're saying something to me. And he said to me, now this is for you if you receive it. If you don't receive it, there's nothing I can do about it. Because at the end, end of today, I'm going to do again what we did last week. And if you have any sickness in your body, I'm going to lay hands on you. That's one form of biblical healing. It's that transference through the anointing. Or you can call for the elders of the church, get anointed with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And you know what I love about that? And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. So then it takes away the, oh, I caused this, oh, I brought this on, oh, I haven't eaten right, or oh, I smoke, or oh, I haven't exercised, or um, whatever. But you follow the biblical pattern. And it says, if you forg- even if you have committed sins, they'll be forgiven you. So God, God has always made provision for his people to be well. And through the years, the church took the red pen. Somebody get, does anyone have a red pen in here that you can bring to me? Tracy, may I borrow your red pen, please? Thank you, dear. So see, red pen, I was an English teacher. And I just loved my red pen because I could X out, check, cross out, English teacher. For five years, I homeschooled my children. Oh my God, it brought me so close to you. And two of my daughters are here, and they'll tell you, I used to just get so out of my love walk (laughs) that I would get on the phone almost daily and say, I'm calling the schools to get you in. (laughs) And then finally, Cindy and Pam and I hired a tutor. And I don't remember what subjects. I think they did all the ones we didn't want to do. Math. (laughs) English. The English teacher did not want to do math. But when one of my daughters, I won't name who, but she used to get really upset and write me notes that she was leaving. (laughs) And she was six, seven years old. (laughs) So she would hand me the note, and she had her strawberry shortcake suitcase (laughs) packed and ready to go. And I would get out my red pen and correct the note, because I was her teacher. And I would say, well, I accept your note, but first of all, I want you to correct what you did wrong. Now, that's perfectly fine for school, but it's not fine for the Word of God. 
And this is what much of the church has done. We take our red pen, we edit the book because it doesn't agree with our circumstance. We prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and they didn't get well. I don't have all the answers. I do have some of them from the word of God. I can tell you right now, if you're harboring a grudge or unforgiveness in your heart, that will block your prayers. I mean, Jesus said in Mark 11, 20 through 24 and 25, that if you see a mountain, have faith in God, speak to that mountain, believe that you've received and you will have what you say. And then he said, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father in heaven will forgive you. Well, why? Because unforgiveness will block the, the prayers from being answered, and that mountain will remain. So if you're going to receive today, you need to put away your red pen. Back to my yard. And so I'm standing in the back, and if you'll receive this, this is what I heard the Lord say. You know what? These things don't work. I heard him say Isaiah 51.3. For the Lord will comfort Zion in her captivity. He will comfort all of her waste places. And he will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the voice of a song. And the Lord said to me, tell the people... Their wilderness is coming to an end. And their Eden is coming. You have to take it. Now, if immediately the tradition, the circumstances, the what's happened in the past, and the what ifs, if that immediately comes into your mind, you are not there yet. Faith doesn't have this. Faith has this. So as we read, remember that the first thing I want to do to you, for you, excuse me, is get you to see that Jesus only did the will of God. We've done this many times. We're going to do it again, and we're going to do it again, and we're going to do it again, and we're going to do it again and again, because the apostle Peter said, I want to stir you up by way of reminder. And so I'm going to let the word prove itself today. How's that? And if you can dispute it, it better not be with this. You better have sound biblical evidence before you dare approach me. How many of you know what double jeopardy is? Double jeopardy means you can't be tried twice for the same crime. Well, you've heard the expression, I did the crime, Jesus paid the fine. The penalty's already been paid for our sins. That little thing at the beginning with the snake, a snake has no arms and no legs because he's been disarmed and defeated, is the truth. The enemy has been disarmed. Jesus made a public display of him. He went through hell and before all of hell triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. It's the word of God. I stake my life on the word of God. The word is truth. His word is truth. There is no argument that will convince me otherwise. So let's just see what Jesus said. Mark, John 4, 34. 
Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish and completely finish his work. Jesus said, my food is to do his will. Now, there are more than 35 written miracles in the New Testament. If they were all written, the world itself could not contain them, right? But there are more than 35 recorded miracles. Of those miracles, 26 involve some form of healing, whether it was physical healing, deliverance from demonic oppression, or raising the dead. And I believe, I didn't check it out, I'm just going by memory, but if my memory serves me correctly, and if it doesn't, you can correct me on that, there were two times Jesus raised the dead. One was the widow of Nain's son, who was on the funeral bier, and he raised him up, gave him back to his mother. Don't you love the way Jesus loves mothers? And, of course, Lazarus. Yes, Michelle, what's another one? Oh, Jairus' daughter. That's right. Thank you. I should have known that. Thank you. Right. The, well, he said the little girl is not dead. She's sleeping, which in our words means she was dead. And he raised her. So that's three. So 26 of the more than 35 involved some form of physical healing. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. John 5.30. I'm able to do nothing of myself. As I'm taught of God, I get his orders. As I hear, I judge. As my judgment is right, because I do not seek or consult my own will, but only the will and pleasure of the Father who sent me. John 6, 38. I've come down from heaven not to do my own will and pleasure, but the will and pleasure of him who sent me. How many times does he have to repeat himself? Have you ever said that to your kids? Except it wasn't nice. How many times do I have to tell you? And I still don't know. But he's, he's treating us like his children. John 17, 6. I have manifested your name, yourself, to the people whom you've given me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have obeyed and kept your word. Did you hear that? I've manifested your name, your real self. 26 involved some form of healing. Show me one time Jesus said, sorry, fresh out of miracles today. Show me one time. He said, nope. And yet, I was taught, sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, sometimes he says maybe, sometimes he says I don't know. Where did that come from? That's not true. Now, he may say no in things that are not biblically, authoritatively written. Like, for instance, Lord, is this the man I'm supposed to marry? He might say no. I love what he told one person. She came up with this great plan. Uh, years ago, she was on our staff. And he said to her, that's a good plan. It's just not mine. And he said, you can do it, but I, I'm not in it. Well, that'll sober you. 
Colossians 1.15. Now he, meaning Jesus, is the exact likeness of the unseen God. Say exact likeness. The visible representation of the invisible. Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. In many separate revelations and in different ways, God spoke of old to our forefathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us in the person of a son whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things. Also by and through him, he created our worlds and reaches of space and ages of time. He is the sole expression of the glory of God. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature, upholding, maintaining, guiding, and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. Jesus came to reveal the heart of the Father. He came to do the will of the Father. He only did the will of the Father. I just proved it to you. How can you question? Now, if you stand for your healing and you die, well, that's not the worst thing that can happen to you unless you don't know Jesus, and then it is the worst thing. But if you've made Jesus your, your Lord and Savior and you've asked him to live in you, to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. But for heaven's sake, fight! And I always say when a believer passes, departs, perhaps before their time. Then that is a grain of wheat sown into the ground that will produce much more fruit. I mean, Jesus was 33. But look at the children produced by his sacrifice. So first of all, let's just look for a moment at the old covenant. The Lord spoke to me also on that same Saturday, this past Saturday, and he said this, I'm taking religion out of you. Now, you might think, well, religion's a good thing. I'm not talking about denominations. I'm not even talking about Christianity, Hindu, uh, what else, Buddha, or whatever. The word religion means to bind or bond, which is where we get bondage. It's from a Latin root meaning obligation. Religion binds you from the truth. I don't, want, I don't want to be bound. I was raised religious. You know who the most religious people that ever lived were? Who knows? The Pharisees. And my pastor, Rick Godwin always says the worst hands you can fall into are the hands of a Pharisee, and I have found that to be true because they'll crucify you. If you don't dot every I and cross every T, man, you're dead. That's not how we're supposed to live. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth was given through Jesus Christ. Praise his name. So let's just look at Old Covenant. I just want you to simply see God has always made provision for his people to be well. Now, we have a better, remember better, better and better, butter and butter. We have a, you had to have been here to know what I'm talking about. We have a better covenant because why? The old covenant had fault. What was the fault of the old covenant? Well, if you didn't keep all of it, you couldn't have the promise. 
That's fault. I don't know about you, but I've broken the Ten Commandments once or twice. Oh, really? What did you do? Well, I'm sure that all of us can find something in those commandments that we have violated. I mean, did you know if you're under that kind of law that even if you don't set aside one day a week, you've broken it. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Go read. Go read the Old Covenant. Read all the laws on the Sabbath. I mean, you couldn't let your dog out. But Romans 8 says that the just requirement of the law was totally met by Jesus. Praise his name. So let's just look at the law, the old covenant, and see what God had to say. Ready? Exodus 15, 26. If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and listen to and obey his commandments and keep his, all of his statutes. Oh, that already makes me tired. I will put none of the diseases upon you which I brought upon the Egyptians. Here you go. First mention, for I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the God who heals you. First time. Remember the law of first mention that when something is mentioned for the first time, it carries that theme throughout the scripture. He revealed himself as God the healer. And you know, we looked at this several weeks ago. Rapha means to heal. It means physician. It means repair. It means to mend. It means to stitch, to thoroughly make whole. I am the God who thoroughly makes you whole. I am the Lord, your physician. And you know what's so really cool? You don't have to wait two hours to be seen. You don't have to have needles poked in your arm. You don't have to go in a cup. And you don't have to pay your deductible. Now, you ought to have physicals and stay healthy. I'm not saying that. But I'll tell you what. I sure do love Jehovah Rapha. Exodus 23, 25. You shall serve the Lord your God. Now, he said, I'm going to send my angel before you. He shall bless your bread and water. This is talking about the angel. So you don't have to worry about inflation. It says he will bless your bread and water. That's your provision. And I, Jehovah Rapha, will remove sickness from your midst. Deuteronomy 7 and 15. And the Lord will take away from you, not give to you, the Lord will take away from you all sickness and none of the evil diseases of Egypt which you knew will he put upon you. He will lay them on those who hate you. Psalm 107, 20. He sends forth his word and heals them. That word heal is Rapha. And he rescues them from the pit and destruction. How about his benefits? We just talked about that. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not one of all of his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases. The word heal, Rapha. How can you deny this? How can you deny God once you well? Oh, but wait till we get to the New Testament, the New Covenant. Isaiah 43, 4 through 5, Isaiah the prophet is looking ahead 2,000 years. He's looking into the future. 
This is the expanded version. He took our suffering on him. He felt our pain. He carried our sorrows and sickness. We saw his suffering. We thought God was punishing him, stricken and afflicted by him. But he was wounded for the wrong we did, our transgressions. He was crushed for the evil we did, our iniquities. The punishment which made us well and brought us wholeness and shalom was given to him. And we are healed because of his wounds. Healed. Rafa. Go look the Hebrew up yourself. You don't have to believe me. I wish you would. You know what's really awesome about this? Because, you know, I've heard some people, I've heard preachers, not our preacher, but some preachers. You won't hear, you won't hear that in this church. But I've heard preachers go, well, that's spiritual healing. Well, you're right, partly. He was wounded for the wrongs we did. What is that? Our transgressions. What is transgression? Draw, line is drawn. I stepped over on purpose, knew exactly what I was doing. I am an avid walker. I love to walk. Not run, walk. And it's Bible. You shall run and not grow weary. You shall walk and not faint. <laughs> so I used to, when the girls were little, take them with me. And Courtney was, she was the youngest of that. Do I need to say any more? She was the youngest. She was the baby. And uh, so up until she was four or so, I'd push her in the stroller because she couldn't walk to keep up with the, us. Kelly and Katie are six and eight years older than her. And so she always liked to drag her foot. And I would always say, Courtney, get your foot in the stroller. How many times do I have to tell you? And so one day we were walking. It was a hot, hot day. The weather is here totally unpredictable until August. And you can predict it, right? And it was hot. I mean hot. And she started to put her foot out. Nope. Keep your foot in the stroller. And she looked up at me. Put it out. And the top of her foot, she has a scar to this day. When you see her, ask her. Burned. I mean burned a hole in the top of her foot. That was transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. That's what you inherited three, four generations. Ever notice, for instance, let's just say rejection runs in the family. You didn't have to teach your children to feel rejected, did you? You probably noticed at a very young age, they dealt with rejection. What was that? Passed on. Fear passed on. Being a victim passed on. I hear people all the time, well, I inherited this ge genetic, you know, my mother had high blood pressure. My grandmother had high blood pressure. I have high blood pressure, Will, if you say so. That's not what I say. I say it's not coming to my house. Well, but what if it does? Well, then deal with it. There's a lot you can do in the natural, whatever it is. Do what you can do in the natural. Go to your doctor and get on a, a program, whatever that is. Do your part. Do what you can do in the natural, but believe for the supernatural. 
I've talked to more than one person, including a, a, a very seasoned athlete whose knees were gone, zero cartilage, zero cartilage. And they've all told me, well, I just really worked and built up whatever this thing's called, your, um, what is this thing called? Your quads and hamstrings and all that, and they, I'm fine. Well, what did they do? They did what they could do in the natural. Trusted God for the supernatural. You know, everybody I've ever read a testimony and personally known that went to heaven and got sent back, every single one of them have said, there is a storehouse in heaven with body parts. And the angels are just waiting to deliver those body parts. Well, I don't know about you, but I have some on order. Because <laughs> he renews our youth like what? The eagles. All right. So, yes, there is spiritual component in Isaiah 43. And then the, the punishment for our peace, our soul. You have your spirit, you have your soul. And, but we are healed and made whole by his wounds. That's physical healing. I looked it up. It is the word marpe, which means physical healing. And it, guess what? The root of that is rafa. I dare you to challenge me on this. That's how convinced I am of the word of God. Jeremiah 30, 17. And I mean to my face, don't you go writing me a letter. I don't want your letter. <laughs> Jeremiah 30, 17. For I will, not I won't, restore health to you and I will heal your wounds, says the Lord. Guess what word heal is? Rapha. Hey, I'm not telling you you don't have to fight for it. You do. That's why we're declaring a war here. You do have to fight. You have to contend. Sickness is everywhere. It's everywhere. It's all around us. I get texts and emails and Facebook messages almost daily from people asking me to pray for healing. But for heaven's sake, don't just sit back and take it. Let's fight. And if you're fighting and you go to heaven, you died in faith. I don't pretend to know everything, but I'll tell you what, I am going to do what I do know. I am going to make sure I'm not nursing a grudge or nursing bitterness or nursing hurt or nursing pain or nursing anything against anybody. I will not do it. I will not nurse strife. I will not nurse offense. Come on, women. We have breasts. We're nursers. The only thing you ought to nurse is your baby and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Malachi 4.2. But unto you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go forth and gamble like calves released from the stall. Guess what that word healing is? Marpe, which means healing, health, cure. And it is from the word again, Rapha. All right. Those are just a few from the old covenant. There's more. I just picked a few. How about we go to the new covenant? How about we see what Jesus did? Now, remember, he said, I came to do the will of my father. My food is to do the will of my father. He's the exact imprint, the mirror image of God. Because I'm going to tell you something in a moment. 
that so radically changed my life that I will never be the same. I want us to get to the place where we can say, there's too much life in me for sickness to exist. And I'm telling you, I can see it. See this hair I keep pushing back? Look at that. See that? See that? This is not cut. My hairdresser did not. I went to her one day and I went, what have you done? Because at the time it was up to here. Well, I've always told my kids, I, you know, we have all these baby hairs up here. What's the deal? Now, I obviously am almost 70. I don't have baby hair. But you know what? All of a sudden, it started growing. What is that? It's life. It's life. We should see evidence of life in us every day. So it is annoying, but thank God for life. So let's, these are just a few. I'm just going to read you a few scriptures. Okay? So can we just read the Bible? And remember this. Hebrews 13a, Jesus Christ is the same. Today, yesterday, and forever. Forever. He is the one that came to show the will of the Father. Revelation 1.4, he says, from, from him who was and who is and who is to come. To him who was yesterday, who is today, who is to come forever. The Lord doesn't change. Matthew 8, 16 and 17. Remember Isaiah, our prophet friend. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, we just read it. Matthew 8, 16 and 17. When evening came, they brought to him many who were under the power of demons. He drove out the spirits with the word, and he restored to health all, say all, who were sick. And thus he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities and bore away our diseases. Oh, no, no, need to take our, our pen. I'm pretty sure it says he restored to health some of them. Oh, no, it says all. Okay, you know what? I'm sure he interviewed every one of them to make sure they had no sin in their lives before they got healed. Right? Isn't that what it says? Oh, it doesn't say that. It says, he restored to health all who were sick. Matthew 8, 1 through 3. And Jesus came down from the mountain. Great throngs followed him. And behold, a leper came up to him. And he prostrated himself and he worshiped him saying, Lord, if, if, if you are willing, you are able to cleanse me by curing me. And he reached out his hand and Jesus touched him and he said, I am willing be cleansed by being cured. And instantly his leprosy was cured and cleansed. This is what was life changing to me. What would be worse? To be accused of your ability or of your heart? I cannot imagine my children coming to me with a need and I have the ability to meet that need but not the heart look at me 
Do you realize that's what we do to the Father? Do you realize we say, God, I know you're able. Doesn't everybody in here know he's able? But you're just not willing. Do you realize that that is siding with the accuser of the brethren against God? God, you are able. But your heart isn't willing. Because you see, your will is a, an issue of the heart. And the leper didn't know. So he just said, if you're willing, I know you're able. And for all eternity, Jesus, who came to do the will of God, who only did the will of God, who was the exact imprint of the divine, the mirror image of the Father, Jesus said, for all eternity, I am willing. How can you argue with that? Oh, but that was just for the leper. Does he have a name? Do you realize that there are so many unnamed people that got miracles so that you and I could put ourselves in that? I asked the Lord about that one day, and he so clearly spoke to me. He called the woman with the issue of blood who had bled for 12 years, almost bled out, spent all, I mean, she was sick and broke. She spent all that she had on physicians. Or what about in Luke 18, the woman bent over double by Satan for 18 years. Jesus called them daughter. If you're his daughter, it's for you. Well, 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 what if you don't get healed right away? Don't stop. From now until this session ends, I am going to pray for the sick. We are too complacent and we are too passive. We did it last week. We're going to do it this week. We're going to do it next week and however many weeks we have left. Matthew 4, 23, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and every weakness and infirmity among the people. Every disease. Oh, well, maybe that was just a cold and a headache, God. But what about heart disease and diabetes and cancer? Every disease. He healed every disease. I'm reading you the word of God because faith comes by hearing the word so Holy Spirit birthed faith in the people because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. I'm only telling you what the word says. I'm not giving you my opinion. Matthew, what did I read last? Oh, okay, 12, 15. But being aware of this, Jesus went away from there and many people joined and accompanied him and he cured all of them. He cured all of them. Who? The many people. Huh? Nothing. You're right, Mama Lou. Nothing's too difficult for God. Matthew 14, 35. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around into the surrounding country and brought to him all who were sick. All who were sick. They begged him to let them merely touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were perfectly restored. Matthew 15, 30. A great multitude came to him, bringing with them the lame, the maimed, the blind, the dumb, and many others. And they put them down at his feet and he cured them. You know, I love that he brought the maimed. Because if you have any degenerative disease, you're maimed. 
But maybe, maybe during life you stumbled and fell and people have done things to you that maimed you emotionally and in your mind. Come to Jesus. He cured the maimed. Matthew 10, 1, and Jesus summoned to him his 12 disciples. He gave them power and authority over unclean spirits to drive them out, to cure all kinds of disease and all kinds of weakness and infirmity. Now, I'm going to stop here to tell you this. We're almost done. There are two kinds of words, two Greek words in the Bible for healing. Sometimes when Jesus healed, it is the word eomai, spelled with its I. O-M-A-I, something like that. I don't know how to speak. I don't speak Greek. But it's, it's pronounced E-O-M-I. Oh, it's I-A-O-M-A-I. And the other one is Therapuo. You probably know what word we get from Therapuo, right? Therapy. E-O-M-I is a supernatural healing when God just pow, heals you. Therapuo also is supernatural healing, but often involves natural means. And that's where doctors and nurses and physical therapists and all that come in. Supplements. What difference does it make? Whether he puts his super on your natural or he just does it supernaturally. All healings from God, I'm going to prove it to you. How many of you have ever had surgery? Raise your hands if you've ever had surgery. Okay, I want to ask you a question. So when you have surgery, the doctor hopefully fixed what was wrong, right? But could the doctor make your body heal from the surgery? No. No, your body had to do that. Why? We are created that way. So I want to ask you a really, 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 really easy question right now. Why did God give us an immune system? To heal. <laughs> if healing were not the will of God, why do you have an immune system? I mean, if you can't receive the word reason, if you get a disease, what happened? There was a breakdown in your immune system. I was talking to my landscaper yesterday, and he was saying he'd gotten the flu. Funny how the flu is bad. We won't go there. Um, but he said, Sandy, I was so sick. I literally slept for 24 straight hours. I couldn't even get out of bed. Do you think that's the will of God to incapacitate you? How could you? Well, if you think that's the will of God, number one, keep it. Number two, don't you dare go to the doctor. Number three, don't you dare take medicine. And number four, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Sorry, I mean, if you want somebody to water it down, I'm not your girl. All right. Matthew 27, 50 through 51. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice. He gave up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. Do you realize when that temple veil was torn from top to bottom, Jesus brought heaven to earth? I tell you every week, Jesus already fulfilled the Lord's prayer. Your kingdom come. He said the kingdom of God is at hand. 
your will be done. I am the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. So the temple veil was torn from top to bottom. Do you realize the temple veil, are you ready for this, was 30 feet tall? Now, this is going to be fun because I texted George Vanderpool, who does our, is in charge of our facilities, and I said, hey, George, how tall is the NPR? And he said 30 feet. So if you want a visual of how high the temple veil was that blocked the Holy of Holies so the people wouldn't all die by looking at it, it was this tall. No man could have torn that from top to bottom. And Rick pointed out on Good Friday, which I thought was hilarious, the Pharisees sewed it up. And they're still sewing it up today by... You will never look at a red pen again the same. <laughs> Acts 10, 38. How God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and strength, ability, and power. And he went about doing good and in particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil for God was with him. All sickness is satanic oppression. Where did you get that? I just read it to you. Who anointed Jesus, the Father, with what? The Holy Spirit and dynamite, dunamis. That word power is dunamis. And what did he do with the anointing, the yoke-destroying, burden-lifting power of God? What did he do with the anointing? He went about doing good. And what? Healing all those oppressed by the devil. Like the daughter bent over for 18 years. He released her from a spirit of infirmity. He released her from a spirit of infirmity. I told you that the man who is my spiritual father said that this year, would be a year of correction, direction, protection, and perfection, and has been for me. But you have to allow it. You have to sit in the presence of God and say, Lord, correct me. Show me any path I'm on wrong. I've done this, and I'm, I'm telling you the Bible is full of, I've already shown you many scriptures uh, where there's a correction, and right after the correction, it will give you direction so that you get on the right path a protection. And that word perfection means what? Mature. Not perfect. It means mature. And that's the path I want to walk on. Stop being complacent, church. It's time to awaken and arise from the depression in which circumstances have kept you. Jeremiah 23, 29. Is not my word like fire? And like a rock that shatters, or like a hammer that shatters the rock of most stubborn resistance. Stay at it, stay at it, stay at it, stay at it. It's not working, stay at it. How do you know that if you quit on the 99th time, that it wasn't the 100th time that would have shattered that obstacle in your life? I'm going to close, and then we're going to pray. Rachel's going to put on some music, and I'm going to give you directions. Last week, I read to you a, a word by a sister in Christ named Tammy Lynn Burdrick. 
And remember it was that it's about a springtime kiss. And believe it or not, since then, from last week to this week, she and I have become very good friends. God supernaturally, personally connected us. God can do anything. Nothing is too difficult. And you know one of my favorite verses for healing is, you'll never see this in your healing promise box, but it's one of my favorite verses for healing. I am the God of all flesh. Nothing is too difficult for me. And he does, he's not saying I'm the God of your carnal nature, but of this. And so the other several days ago, I woke up in the morning, and I, and I just woke up and I felt this oppression. And just remember, all oppression is from Satan, all of it. Jesus healed all oppressed by the devil. Oppression is a spiritual entity always, always. You get down, you get discouraged. It's a spiritual entity. And so I woke up in the morning and I heard, for his name's sake. And I looked at my phone and Janice had sent me this word. And since then, I didn't even tell you, we are really good friends now. We're very like-minded. And this is what it says. For his name's sake, he will do it. At 3.48 on the morning of April 4th, 2022, I woke up to the strong presence of the Lord, and immediately I was captivated by his presence. I could feel him standing over me, and oh, how I wish I could have seen his face. But he was there, and this was the holy visitation he was telling me of for the past few months that was coming. I heard him say, for my name's sake, I will do it. I was speechless. His presence, his voice was almost too good to be true. He then again said, tell them, for my name's sake, I will do it. I knew then he was speaking directly to me, and I was given an assignment for his people. I could not wait to tell you about it. As I laid there, a download of his thoughts of what he was doing to, going to do for his name's sake flooded my spirit. I felt such excitement for his people who had been waiting for their promises, their breakthroughs, and their miracles to manifest. How many of you is that? I knew so many were going to see the breaker breaking through what looked impossible, breaking through all confinements and manifesting what he told them he would do, Micah 2.13. I knew many were going to see the king of glory in ways they have never imagined, and it would change them and their families for generations, Ephesians 3.20 and 21. I knew the things his people were decreeing, and yet for a long time not seeing any sign of them were getting ready to be established, Job twenty two twenty eight. I knew joy and laughter were coming to you in your household, Isaiah 35, 10. I knew miracles of physical healing, prodigals coming home, families restored, marriages resurrected, vindication, recompense, and so much more was about to manifest. I knew the flipping of the script was about to bring great confusion into the enemy's camp. I knew I was ready for mine and ready to see yours too. Just writing about this holy visitation energized my soul again beyond words. As I laid there for a few moments after hearing his words and all that was revealed in my spirit, I felt this peaceful and deep rest coming over me as he continued standing over me and I began to drift back off to sleep. 
Shortly after, I heard loud rushing water. I quickly sat up in bed. I looked at my clock, and it now said 418. I could tell he was not standing over me anymore, and my holy visitation was over. I knew, though, he was speaking to me through the sound of rushing water. I had to absorb for a few days this time I had with the Lord, as I was still so captivated by the moment of that holy visitation. I knew he was not done. He took me to Isaiah 34, 8. It is God's scheduled time for vengeance. The year of Zion's accounts are settled. It is the year of recompense. The Lord recently had revealed to me that there were events on the schedule marked with swiftly. He said the time, the right time was now. You know, the reversal of now is one, right? W-O-N. He reminded me again that he has scheduled mind-blowing events and they were swiftly going to take place. As I sat with the Holy Spirit absorbing Isaiah 34, 8, he unctioned me to continue studying. As I began reading Isaiah 35 about Zion's happy future, I was awestruck on verses 4 through 6. The Lord says, and I'm saying this to you now, say to the anxious and fearful, be strong, never afraid. Look here, your God your God is breaking through to give you victory. He comes to avenge your enemies. With divine retribution, he comes to save you. Then blind eyes will be open and deaf ears will hear. The lame will leap like playful deer and the tongue tied will sing songs of triumph. Gushing water will spring up in the wilderness and streams will flow through the desert. The sound of the loud rushing water I heard suddenly made sense. I heard the Lord say, suddenly I am bursting forth, opening the floodgates of heaven, bringing manifestations of my promises, miracles, and unprecedented breakthroughs. I am bringing recompense to those who endured harsh treatment, afflictions against their families, loved ones, ministries, and health. I am delivering those in bondage, and I am bringing completion. Victory time is here. The time of the flipping of the script has now come. It is not coming. It is here now on my time. Watch and see what the Lord your God will do, and oh, I will certainly do it for my name's sake. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.